Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. Just a brief recap from last week. We'll be doing a part two of shedding light on Christmas this morning. And so last week we talked about these various elements of what it means that Jesus came and was born for us. Um, we recognize that there's no other true source of life through John. We found out that Jesus is God and he came to be followed. We're going to dig into that a little bit more this morning. We also learned that Jesus came to display God's love and he came to save us. And he came to show that we serve a faithful God and that our sins have indeed be, been forgiven. And according to John chapter 1, 1 through 4, we learned that uh, he came into the world and in him was uh, light and the light was a life of men. And so we can equate life to light. And so we're going to make a transition this morning from light to life. It's the same thing. It's synonymous, but we'll use this different phraseology this morning to define what we're talking about. Um, I had a lot of fond memories of Christmas, and then I had some not so many fond memories of Christmas. It's almost like I had two childhoods. And for some of you who know my story, I grew up and my parents were, my mom and my stepdad were drug dealers. And so when they were drug dealers, even though there was some chaos in the house a lot of the time, Christmas was lit. You ever been a drug dealer's child? Like, I was walking around back in the day. I had this little watchman. Anybody remember the watchman? Where it was a TV, and it had the little antenna, and it could fit in your pocket. I was at school watching TV, and other kids were doing lawn stuff, and I was out there with leaf blowers. Like, I was a drug dealer's child, and so I had the nice stuff. But then my parents got addicted to drugs and started doing drugs, and Christ the bottom just fell out of Christmas. Like the bottom literally fell out of Christmas. We were getting Blue Santa gifts, and I'm, I'm grateful for Blue Santa. But listen, I don't want to open up a Frisbee and connect four every Christmas. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So it's probably because of that I'm not a great gift giver. I'm not a great gift giver. Maybe some of you guys in the room, you're great gift givers, and when you give gifts, like your gifts need explanations why you gave that gift because you thought about it, and if you do this, and if you go down there and you do this and we get this rebate, you'll get five more. And, you know, anybody, anybody give gifts like that? I'm like, I went on Google. I looked it up. I ordered it. It came in the Amazon box. I, I didn't even take it out the box. I just wrapped the whole box. There you go. As a matter of fact, my family might be laughing. I don't even wrap presents. I don't. My wife gets presents, and listen, I'm telling on myself right now, she'll give you something for, uh, for a Christmas or a birthday, and she'll say, this is from me and Sean, and I'll be looking at you, and you opening the box, I'm finding out what you got when you open the box, just like, like I'm just not a gift giver. And she'll say, this is from me and Sean, I'm like, yes, it is, because you know, I, you know, I had some financial uh, obligations to the gift, but I don't know what you got. I'm just as excited about your gift than I am, because I'm finding out. Right now, so I think because I had the sordid kind of tale of Christmas that, like, gift-giving is not really a big thing to me right now. But I have some fond memories of Christmas, and maybe some of you guys have some fond memories of Christmas. And um, back kids, y'all might not know about this because this is back before we had all these channels. 
you knew it was Christmas time. I knew it was Christmas time because my family from Dallas would come, right? So my cousin Mike, who was a year older than me, he'd come from Dallas, and we'd get to hang out for a week during about Christmas time when school was out. But then on TV, we knew it was Christmas time because Frosty the Snowman was on, right? The claymation, little Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, my favorite was uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, right? And they'd be on TV, and it got to a point where they were just on the TV in the background because you had seen it a hundred times before. They, they were just on, and you would try to change the channel, and your grandma would lose her mind. You better put that back on Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> right? And my family would come from all around, from Houston, from Dallas, from Atlanta, and they would all come, and they would, would pile into my grandma's little apartment, and we would all just hang out and wait for Christmas Eve. And, like, we stayed awake till 1201, and we opened our presents then. And so I never understood the Grinch. <laughs> like, literally, everybody was asleep, and he came to steal Christmas. I didn't understand that because we, uh, we was live. We were crunk. We was there eating. We were listening to music because when Christmas, like, we knew there was no Santa Claus because we didn't see him come up in here. And we knew because we stayed up to 1201. And I can remember one year, I, I, I don't know what was wrong with me this one year. I, I, like, like I, was, I was fighting sleep, and I just knew I was going to get a bike this year. I knew I was going to get a bike this year. This was my year to get a bike, Derek. Old bike was raggedy, falling apart. I was going to get a bike this year. And I can remember looking at the, uh, the VCR. It was, see, y'all know what the VCR is? No, I don't know what the VCR is. <laughs> see, I was looking at the VCR at my grandma's house, and, and it was Rudolph on TV or something. I'm sitting there watching, and it was 1145. And I'm looking, I'm saying, oh, 15 more minutes, I'm going to go get this bike. I know they done hid it in the back room somewhere. I'm going to get this bike. And sleep felt, just jumped on me. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm a hard sleeper. I had only been sleeping for 15 minutes. I was gone. The next day I woke up, there was a Polaroid next to the tree, and I was on the bike. I had an uncle on this side and an uncle on this side. <laughs> had fallen asleep and missed the joy of Christmas. Yeah, like, why are you telling these weird stories? You always tell weird stories for you preach. I promise it ties in. I believe that the greatest gift giver has given us a gift, and he's given us the gift of life. And we've fallen asleep. And somebody's come in and robbed us of our joy. He's robbed us of our desire to follow him. He's robbed us of our hope. He's robbed us of so much this Christmas. And like I said last week, Christmas is one of the most depressing times of the year for some people. And we've lost sight of what the gift giver came to give. And so last week, we went through various scriptures, and we talked about why Jesus came. But now we're going to take it from his mouth, directly from what Jesus said, why he came. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 10, verse 10. And it reads, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
In this text, in this scripture right here, Jesus is giving you the warranty to your gift. He's giving you the instruction manual to your gift. He says, I came that you might have life and have life to the full. Now, I don't believe, and I'm talking to myself sometimes, we often don't live our life and especially don't have life to the abundance. I heard a story about a man who was driving along with his, um, his, his wife, and he forgot to fill up on gas before they left to get on the highway, and they got down the road, and it was in, in a space, a stretch of road where there wasn't many gas stations, and he was running out of gas, and he knew his wife was going to tear into him because she told him to fill up the gas tank before they left, and so he was just running on fumes, and he finally saw this little store off to the side of the road. It was like this little bitty store. It, it, it had one of those old pumps out front with the little lollipop thing looking on top. You know what I'm talking about, the little, little hole? And he thought first, he was like, man, this is just a, a, a antique. It's just a, 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 you know, it ain't real. And so he pulled into the station, and he told the man, he said, by any chance, does that gas pump out there work? And the old man said, sure, let me go out there and get you some gas. How much you want? And the man said, oh, man, there's a great day to be alive. And the old man said, I wouldn't know because I ain't never been anything else. <laughs> and Jesus has come to give us life and for us to be alive. But I believe that a lot of us, we have not really experienced the fullness of life that Jesus came to give us. Because there's a thief amongst us. Not a robber, but a thief. Not a strong-arm hitman, but a thief. We had dudes in our old neighborhood who would just walk up to you and just jack you. And you knew you was getting jacked. But this word right here, when it says thief, it's actually kleptase, which means sneaky thief, and a pilferer, an embezzler, or, or a con man, if you will. Someone who comes in and gets your confidence, and when you're not looking, they steal what you thought you were going to get a benefit from, they steal from you all that you had. He said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what is he coming to steal, kill, and destroy? He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy the thought of abundant life, the ability to lead an abundant life. And many of us right now, we're putting our confidence in this thief. We're putting our confidence in someone who cannot deliver the abundant life that Christ has come to give to us, and we're putting our confidence in our jobs, like that's really our provider. We're putting our confidence in relationships, like that is the person who can really bring me joy. I know you love boo-boo. Y'all got married 15 years ago, and you love boo-boo to death. Your boo thing, your bae, hashtag Woman Crush Wednesday. And that's not to mean that you're not supposed to love that person, but sometimes we put too much on that person that that person cannot live up to because it's only supposed to be lived up to in our relationship with Christ. And if we get our relationship with Christ right, that relationship will work. Some of us, we put our confidence in our education. And when things go wrong, I'm one of them. You get a D. Oh, Lord, I've never had a D, so I wouldn't know talking about other people. I'm not talking to you. My wife said, what about a B? I said, don't talk to me right now. But we put our confidence in things. We put our confidence in things, and we think that those things will help us to get to a better life. 
If I ask everybody in the room right now to tell me what living is, you might have a different interpretation than the person next to you, but I bet you have an idea of something that's currently not what you're doing right now. If I can move out of this old raggedy house, the stuff is always breaking down. If I can just get to that next house, then I will be living the life. If I had a car, you understand how bad my car, if my car was just a little different, I, I, I would be living a better life. If I can just make a little bit more money, I will be living a better life. Do you know that most people who make a certain amount of money, they always feel like they can make ten dollars to $15,000 more? And somebody laughs, like, yep. Because I'd be all right if I made about $15,000 more money. And then you get $15,000 more for more bills a year, too. And then next year, you'll be like, I need to make about $15,000 more. I saw a thing just recently. It said, to live happily in Austin, you need to make at least six figures. I said, well, I guess I ain't going to be happy in Austin then. <laughs> right? We put our happiness on the things that we can do. I like to do this. I like to be able to do this. Baby, it'd be great if we can do this. If we can vacation here every year. If we can do these things, then I will have happiness. I will have that abundant life. But that's not the guy, life that God has come to give us. Now, before some of y'all say this, because I know some of y'all, y'all get mad at me when I say stuff like this. I'm not saying having stuff is bad. I'm not saying that. Did anybody hear me say that? Okay. Pastor, he just want everybody to be po like him. That's not what I said. <laughs> Did not say that. Did not say that. We need people with money in the kingdom. And the church said Amen. So who is this thief that we're talking about? Who is this thief we're talking about? Ultimately, behind all of these desires, all these things that oppose God, against all these things that set themselves up against the knowledge of God, is Satan. We know that. But anything that opposes God falls into the category of this thief, right? And what is abundant life? Hear this. Write this down if you write things down. The abundant life Watch this. It's a shepherded life. The abundant life is a shepherded life. Why do you say that, Pastor? Well, let's go back to the beginning of John chapter 10 and begin to talk about the things that we need to talk about. Always when we read Scripture, we don't want to just take one Scripture in the middle of something and just say, oh, that means this. But we need to read it in context because Jesus wasn't schizophrenic, even though some people thought he was. You know, some people, you be talking to somebody and you be talking and you be talking about hamburgers and next thing they talk. You be like, hold on, time out, bro. Come on, bring the conversation back. Right. And so Jesus spoke in context. And he said in John Chapter 10, starting in verse 1, he's talking about being the good shepherd. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do, know the, they, they do not know the stranger's voice. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. 
And so Jesus was using this illustration of when we had these sheep pens in these cities, sometimes they were community sheep pens, right? They were this big old pen, and they, it, was, it was pinned all in. They had this big gate at the uh, edge of it, and there was, a, there was a person, there was a gatekeeper there who was in charge of opening and shutting the gate so that sheep can come in and out. And so when he say he calls to his sheep, what he's saying is there's other sheep in the pen. But only the master's voice is the one that they will follow. And so they come out, and the gatekeeper opens and shuts the gate for the, uh, the shepherd to get the sheep in and out so he can lead them to pastures and bring them back into the pen. And so this was a community pen. There were multiple flocks. But what he's saying is if you come in this sheep gate in the city, not by the person who opens the gate, you're there illegitimately. And if you are a stranger and you speak to the sheep, the sheep will not follow you because, because it does not recognize your voice. I'm going to ask you this morning, what voices are you listening to? Why are you in some of the situations that you're in? Some of us will attest and raise our hands and say, I'm in this situation because I did not hear God on this thing. I heard me. I did not hear God on these things. I heard my hormones. I did not hear God on these things. I heard my past and my upbringing. I did not hear God on these things. I, I trusted in my education and my job. I did not hear God on these things. I did my own thing. And if we're being truthful, a lot of us never hear the voice of God. We hear podcasts. We hear books. We read the Bible, but then we read a commentary about what somebody 35,000 years ago read about that. And we would say that's what God, and we never hear God's voice for ourselves. And I think a lot of it is because we don't slow down enough. And we, oh, man, we don't slow down enough to hear God. Every minute of our day is consumed with stuff and things. And we sit still. We be sitting at the, at the dinner table. It's a whole family. Let's have a family dinner, and we all just scrolling. Any free moment that I got, I got Netflix, I got Amazon, I got Hulu, I got all the different stuff, and I cut the cable so that I can have a cheaper bill. Now I got all these other streaming services, and so I can watch stuff anytime I want to watch stuff. And so I'm sitting here, and I'm bored. Oh, man, I'm going I'm I'm to consume it with stuff. I'm going to consume it with stuff. And maybe we do have a reading plan, but we read the word, then we get up and we get busy. And we don't sit before the Lord. We don't sit. We, we, we ride in the car and we jam in the whole time. We never just drive in silence. We are a generation that can't be bored. But it's in the boredom, it's in the quiet that God speaks. As we sit and we think and we meditate on his goodness, we listen for the shepherd's voice. But with all these other voices drowning him out, we're being led and we're being robbed of abundant life. And so they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. They didn't understand what he was saying to them. And so Jesus did it again, verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, let me try and explain it again, what Jesus just said. Let me try it again for you. Presto Power Rangers. <laughs> was that Kim Possible? I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Wow. And so, different type of sheep pen. 
oftentimes when the shepherd would be out in the, in, in, in the pasture, out in the country, they would have a different type of sheep pen, and they would literally lay across the opening so that anything that came in had to go through the shepherd. So you don't understand about the city pen? Let me tell you about this kind of pen. He says, I am the gate. I'm the one that swings wide open and swings shut. I'm the one that dictates where you go and where you don't go. I'm the one that dictates greener pastures or you in the pen. I'm the one that protects you from the wolves. I'm the one. So if anybody comes to this gate calling for my sheep, I know. I'm the door of the sheep. All who come before me or all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so in the, in the, in the Jewish mindset, this would have been an ideology or a way of thinking that when you can go in and out unmolested, you are living the abundant life. You're living the abundant life. So I go in and out of my pasture. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. That's what we talked about earlier. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Who's been shepherding you? Have you been shepherding yourself? When times of trouble and times of torment and times of, of, of testing and trial come, I just want to flee. I don't want to deal with this no more. Because this is fighting against my idea of what the abundant life is, and I shouldn't be going through things because I'm going through things, and I shouldn't be going through things. And so let me just abort. Let me just punt. Let me not be shepherded. Let me not hear God on this, and let me do my own thing. Let me flee. Let me hide behind just the way that I am. Let me hide behind well, you know what? If I go ahead and do this, then, God, then I'm going to bless God on the back end of it. Listen, you don't want a back end blessing with God. I'm just going to do this the way that I'm going to do this right now. Then eventually I'm going to get to a place where, 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 where me and God going to be good. Listen, you don't want to play with God like that. Say he's a hired hand and a wolf comes and scatters him. He flees because he is hired and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep of the, uh, that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. And so in the whole context of the story, Jesus is talking to the children of Israel, and he's telling them, everybody who came before me, and let me say this, everybody who came before Jesus who was not in accordance to Jesus, he said they were thieves and robbers. They were selling you a bill of goods. They were con men. So he's not talking about Moses and the prophets. Don't get it twisted. He's not talking about Moses and the prophets because the entire Bible is about Jesus. 
But what he's saying is those who came before me, they came and they got your confidence and they led you astray like we talked about a few weeks ago. And so I got to just ask this morning, are you living the abundant life? And if you're not living the abundant life, then we have to ask ourselves, who are we listening to? Are we listening to the true good shepherd or are we listen to con man and thieves? Am I building my theology about based upon what I've read in the Bible or am I building my theology about how Big Mama and them said you're supposed to do it? And I love Big Mama and them, and Big Mama and them had good intentions, but sometimes Big Mama and them just heard Pastor Jenkins say something, and Pastor Jenkins heard Pastor Jones say it, and Pastor Jones had such, a Reverend Dr. Such-and-Such said it, and, then, and, and back then, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just trying to be funny, but my Big Mama couldn't really read. She had a third-grade education, and so she would go to church, and she would hear what the pastor says, and surely the pastor ain't saying something that ain't right. And so let me, but then, you know, you got to go and look at it for yourself. You got to be able to hear for yourself. I tell you all the time, if I say something up in here that don't agree with you, we can sit down, we can chop up, we can talk about it, but don't take my word for it. Go and get it from the word yourself. Because if you ever taken my word above the word, then you're making me an idol. No, I, y'all don't, they don't get me struck down by God. I've been to knock both my arms off. And I've been known to be once, long, wrong once or twice. Don't you amen, wife. But the abundant life is a following life. The abundant life is a shepherded life. The abundant life is a dependent life. The abundant life is a take care of life. Being taken care of by God does not necessarily mean prosperity. You won't get the Cadillac. You won't get the big old house. You won't have the perfect man. That's not what that means. But it says that God is in the midst of it. He's leading you. He's directing you. He's talking to you. He's showing you. And most of the time, he's showing you, you. Because the shepherd had to tend the sheep. When the sheep was hurting, the shepherd went and put salve on his head. When the sheep had a cut, the shepherd came and he bandaged it up. The shepherd was led. If the sheep were led astray, he would go, he would leave the 99 and go after the one. It's a dependent life. In case you didn't know this, I didn't know this before, but I know it now. Sheep ain't too smart. Sheep really can't do their own thing. Think about a sheep in the wild. How are they going to protect themselves? Literally, how are they going to protect? If you said a tiger or uh, something that can hunt for itself and do so, all a sheep can do is be led to where the food is. But we want to be independent. We want to run with the big dogs. I'm the lion of Judah. No, you ain't. He's the lion of Judah. You just a sheep. I'm more like a panther. No, you a sheep. You tell me what your spiritual animal is. Your spirit animal is a sheep. And we need to understand that Jesus wants to shepherd us. He wants to shepherd us. He wants to lead us. He wants to give us abundant thoughts. He wants to give us the abundant life. He wants our thoughts to be his thoughts. He wants, to, he wants us to hear his voice and strangers' voices we don't listen to. We always talk about having discernment. Discernment is not listening to strangers' voices. 
No, 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 that don't, that, that, that don't sound right. That sound like a bill of goods. I've been in here. This don't, this don't sound. No, nope, nope, not in here. Doc, nope, not going to do that. Anybody ever heard cleanliness is next? Godliness is in the Bible? Go look for it. <laughs> You've heard it though, haven't you? I said, the Bible say cleanliness is next. That's just somebody big mom wanted them to clean up the house. That's what that was. <laughs> Y'all kids is in messing up my house. It's in the Bible. And Satan has been good at this since the very beginning. He's been robbing us of abundant life since the very beginning. Think about it. In the garden, God said, don't eat. Look, all these trees in here, you can have them all. This is your garden. This is, this is, this is me and you, fellowship, relationship. You can have any of these. He said, but that tree right there, do not eat of it. Because if you eat of it, you will surely die. You will surely be destroyed. Your image, the image of me on you will be, he didn't go into detail, but we know now that the image on him, us was marred because we did not listen. And the enemy, the thief came in and the thief said, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to tell them they like God. Hey, all you got to do, like, did God really, like, come on. Ladies, don't fall for those come-ons. Some of us fell for them. I'm, I fell some come-ons for some girls, too. Now you say, gone on. And Satan doesn't show up. We act like Satan drops, just, just drops in with, a, with, with, with horns and a pitchfork. And he looks just, just, he looks like a gargoyle. From, some of y'all watch scary movies. I don't watch scary movies. I'm too skittish. Every, I, I got a shotgun, too. People be shot around my house. If I watch a scary movie, I'm just letting you know. And so we act like he shows up, and he's just so repulsive, like, oh, get away from here, Satan. Like, he shows up. He's beautiful. He's persuasive. He's been doing this for a long time. He's coming. He's getting your confidence. He's telling you all those beautiful attributes about yourself, but he's perverting them. You ain't got to listen to God. You can think for yourself. That book was written so many years ago. Do you really believe that all of that stuff that's written in the Bible can be lived out? Do you really believe that one day you can be like Jesus? You might as well. Everybody else doing it. Shoot, I bet even the pastor doing it. You know, you know he's probably doing it too. Listen, like I said, don't make me no idol. Even if I am doing it, you don't do it. <laughs> but I might not be doing it. I'm just saying I might not be doing it. And he shows up like a con man. Like those shysters who wiggle their way into people's homes and, and promise them luxuries and promise them the abundant life and promise them uh, 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 the, he, he the timeshare salesman. Uh-oh. Don't touch it. He's going to get you in prepaid legal is what he's going to get you into. If you just multi-level market with me, he's going to come in and he's going to get you and he's going to dangle this carrot. He's going to show you the one person that made it. You're going to say, you can do it too. And it's robbing us of abundant life. So how many of us here this morning, we, we shutting it down. How many of us in here this morning, we're, if we're being honest, we're a little discouraged and depressed. 
we've placed our faith in our career, we've placed our faith in our education, we've placed ourselves, our faith in our relationships that they will sustain us and they didn't quite work out. And now, if we're being honest, we're a little bit angry at God because we had this idea of what God was saying and God really wasn't saying that. Now we're mad at God because God didn't come through the way that God said he was going to come through and now I'm mad. And I believe that I've been sold a bill of goods and God just wants me to suffer on this earth and just be miserable on this earth until he comes to get me. Now, there is a theology around suffering. Suffering does perfect us. But listen, God came that you might have the abundant life. And some of us are in a season. You've been in a season of just going through what you're going through for so long. And the only reason that you ain't out of that season yet because you haven't listened to God. Because God has you in that season to teach you something about yourself. He has you in that season and says, listen, I am the gate. I can send you on the greener pastures, but you're going to stay in this pen until you get right what you're supposed to get right. God is not like the Flukeville Independent School District. When you're 18 years old, they figure you're not supposed to be in fifth grade no more. They pass you on. You'll be 75 years old in kindergarten with God. God be like, listen, you ain't going to listen. You're going to learn the lesson or you're going to sit right there and ask Israel. He said, listen, y'all, 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 listen, 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 listen. <laughs> y'all thought I was playing. Listen, build houses in captivity. Going to do what you got to do. Set up shop. You're going to be here for a while. So I feel like you need to get out of timeout. He's not like me. Oh, my, like my wife. I didn't even put it out there like that. I'll keep my kids timeout for seven years if I had to. I don't believe in taking a phone for a day. Take that phone forever. <laughs> Better use a friend phone. <laughs> but what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who's that thief that's robbing you of the joy? And there's different things for different people in the room. There's different things. What is robbing you of this? Abundant life. This life where you and God can be just like Adam had it in the garden. I don't know how long he had it, but he had it for a little while until the thief came. Well, you don't understand where your thoughts begin and God's thoughts end because you're so in his word. You're so with him in prayer that he start to transform your mind. That's what the Bible says, that you transform your mind by the renewing of your mind, that you get in the word, that you are transformed, that you're looking like Jesus, that you're being conformed into his image. How many people are on that path right now? How many people have just given up and said, like, this is just it. This is life. And you like the dude who showed up at the gas station. Said, this is living. The old man said, I don't know anything else. We need to be like that with God. This is abundant life. I don't know anything else. Because Jesus said he came to give it to you. I can remember when gift giving for Christmas shifted for me. And this is my last little illustration, and I'm going to let the worship team lead us. I wanted these shoes real bad, and it was right when my parents were transitioning from having some money to doing drugs. And these shoes were fly. Nice. But you're growing up in your shoe, your, your feet don't always stay the same size, and so they bought the wrong size. And so I opened them up for Christmas. Oh, man, I'm going to kill them in school when I get back from the Christmas break. 
and they didn't fit. My mama said, I got the receipt, I'll take them back. She took them back, but she got the money. <laughs> Don't laugh at my mama. And a month passed, I'm like, Mom, you took the shoes? She's like, ah, yeah, I get them, I'll take them back. She, she had already took them back. I'll take them back, I'll take them back, I'll take them back. And then one day, out of a fit of rage, my stepdad came in the room, and I'm like, Mama, you take my shoes back? Because I was just wearing them. I wanted my shoes. I wanted to kill them in school, Derek. He said, boy, we done took them shoes back, and we paid bills with that. by somebody I had placed confidence in. Parents are supposed to do that to their children. Jesus gave you a gift. That gift is abundant life. Ain't no take-backs, ain't no do-overs. Try it on. Try it on. What he's promised to you is yours. He's not like broken relationships. He's not like my stepfather. He's like like my mom. He's not going to take it back. But he's promised it to you. It's yours. If you belong to him, it belongs to you. Walk in it. And so for the next few moments as the worship team comes to lead us in song, I want you to just think about the things that you've been listening to. And you know, like, when words like this come forward, and I'm not trying to boast in what I'm saying because it's the word, but when words like this hit your heart, you know immediately what you've been doing to not line up with what God has been calling you to do. And we don't have to out ourselves because I, I got a laundry list, baby. I can tell you it's a lot of things. I'd be like, okay, Lord, yep, I, I need to do better at that. But I just want you to put those things before you right now. As we get ready to celebrate our Lord's coming in a couple of days on Tuesday, Tuesday, 5.30. Put those things before you. And tell God, I'm ready to listen to you. It's good to identify those things so you can tell God what you're not listening to anymore and say, God, no, I'm listening to you now because you're the good shepherd. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.